Welcome to the second season of the podcast, Jesus Has Left the Building. We'll hear from people from Black Forest Community Church who have been engaging in creative, bold, and fluid, outside the box, I mean, outside the church building, ministries that have inspired us. Our topic of discussion is love. Love in action, revolutionary love, radical love. This is the Jesus Has Left the Building podcast, where ministers, people of faith, activists, and church leaders have left the building too, with Marta and Mandy. Together we are reading Love is the Way, Holding on to Hope in Troubling Times by Bishop Michael Curry, the U.S. Episcopal Bishop. This week's conversations are guided by Chapter 3, Making Do and Making New, and Chapter 4, What Desmond Tutu and Dolly Parton Have in Common. We talk about the stories that we choose to tell after experiencing evil in the world and how we can allow God to work through us just as a potter transforms clay. We talk with church members John and Emily Osborne and Art Navalta, along with Marta and Mandy. John and Emily have been married for 13 years and have three kids ages 11, 9, and almost 5. They live in Falcon and have three kitties they all love very much. John has worked at Way FM for 11 years and gets a lot of really great opportunities to talk with brilliant minds and authors and activists and theologians. Emily has been a certified labor doula and midwife assistant for a decade, and her passion is women and women's health. She is currently getting her bachelor's degree in sociology to further pursue those dreams in supporting women and families. Their days are full of playing and reading and studying and cooking, cleaning, and hopefully no more e-learning. Art Navalta was born and raised in the Philippines, immigrated to the U.S. via the compliments of the U.S. Army in 1981. He served three years in the Army, then transitioned to 28 years of service with the Department of Human Service in El Paso County. He retired in 2012. Mona, his wife, and Art have been members of Black Forest Community Church since 2000. They have lived in Black Forest for 25 years, raised two sons, Cole and Trey. He is a semi-retired polygraph examiner. Last week, we focused on chapters one and two. And this week, we are focusing on chapter three, making do and making new. And chapter four, what Desmond Tutu and Dolly Parton have in common. And the primary focus of these two chapters, chapters three and four, are these powerful stories of transformation. The transformation of simple ingredients that become delicious meals shared at Bishop Curry's grandma's table. The transformation of a block of granite that becomes an exquisite sculpture. The dream of a poor young girl who becomes the ineffable Dolly Parton. And the transformation of apartheid South Africa to a free 
South Africa. Each of these transformations came about only after someone dreamed a new way into being. As the cook or the sculptor or Dolly or Desmond begins to dream, a new reality takes shape. It doesn't change the current reality, nor does it change the past, but it immediately changes the trajectory of the future. We make do and we envision making new. We begin to tell a new story, even amidst the chaos. This week, we're looking at chapter three. And the question that Curry um, proposes at the beginning of this chapter is, how do I find the energy to be loving when the world seems to be going the other way? This question is so important. And as we discussed last week, there is much evil and division in the world right now. And, and that is not love. JJ Halsey talked about how hard it is to love right now. And then in chapter four, Curry asks another question, whether or not love can actually change the world. These are real concerns and um, are sometimes super confusing and, and we don't know what to think. But we also learned last week in our discussion that the love we are talking about is not a Pollyannish kind of love. Curry says, and Cindy Halsey echoed last week that it's not hate that is the opposite of love, but rather selfishness that is the opposite of love. That lands hard with me. The love we are talking about is a love about the other. And then Sharon Grady talked about agape love, similar to that understanding of selfishness being the opposite of love, but it's more grounded in our biblical text. Agape love is selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. It is the highest of the four types of love in the Bible. So in other words, trusting, believing, and knowing love is as hard as trusting, believing, and knowing God. It takes work, but it's not impossible. We believe that it begins with telling a new story. That is how we work towards the transformation of selfishness to love, evil to good on earth as it is in heaven. Last week, we started to talk a little bit about telling our story in this space, whatever that story is. And sometimes just naming the story starts you on the trajectory towards a transformation. So this week, we are suggesting you read all of Jeremiah, chapter 18, 1 through 24, for a full picture of the story called The Potter's House. It's actually a really uh, good and rich story um, from one of our prophets. But this week, we are going to focus on one verse from a parallel book of the Bible, Isaiah 64, 8. Yet you, Lord, our Father, we are the clay and you are the potter. 
We are all the work of your hand. This morning, we will focus on questions like, what new story are you going to tell? Or after seeing the evil in the world, um, how um, you, are you going to let God work through you to transform the clay into something different? This past week, Mandy and I were talking. We um, actually we had quite a long and dramatic conversation, um, which is not which totally is unusual. Normal, right? <laughs> I know it is normal. It's not totally unusual, but uh, after last week and sort of even just the last year you know, we began thinking of um, just how complicated our modern world is um, with media and divisions. And, and it's interesting because, you know, I was looking at, you know, our scientific cells and how they divide. And I feel like that is sort of happy happening sociopolitically, like we divide and then those divisions divide even more. And so they're, there's a lot of divisions and it's hard and it's not just the divisions, but it's geography, it's class, and it's also just simply different life experiences. But amidst the chaos, one way we decided and we tend to do and find peace and strength and love is to ground ourselves in our faith tradition and biblical text. And so we are inviting you to a similar practice. Bishop Curry suggests much like the prophets of the Old Testament um, to, to invite you to do three things, to claim your tradition, which means, you know, a biblical story, a story of your faith, a story from your upbringing, and then to believe in God. So there's that belief in love peace. And then through both of those things to third, um, the third thing to do is to imagine something new out of the, those three steps. We, um, we believe Jesus um, using the words of the prophets and the apostle Paul are doing the same thing. They are claiming tradition, believing in God, and then imagining something new. They are dreaming. Right. Just like the um, chef who turns simple ingredients into a delicious meal, just like Dolly Parton dreamed this dream as a poor young girl, um, she became Dolly Parton. <laughs> um, and, and it is about the dreaming. It's about um, seeing the reality and dreaming something new. But we want to be really clear that as we dream and as we begin to tell a new story, it doesn't mean that we don't hold each other and ourselves accountable for our actions. As we've seen this week, um, there are lots of calls for accountability around the Capitol insurrection of two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago now. Um, this kind of love does not mean that we don't um, hold people responsible for their actions. In fact, that's really part of what this sort of love that um, Bishop Curry is talking about. Um, it's, it's part of that. 
this sort of love that we're talking about has room for all of the feelings, the anger, the frustration, the grief, the hurt, the disappointment, the weariness. Oh my gosh, I am so weary. But some will say that these hard feelings are more divine, divine anger, divine rage, divine grief. When we embrace this sort of love, we name the hard things, we grieve losses, and then we dream a new and better world into being. This hard, hard work is the work of agape love. It's not sugar-coated. It's not Pollyanna-ish, as Bishop Curry says. This is real, live, hard love. And we know from the stories that Bishop Curry shares and from stories of our own lives that love really can change the world. It does transform. We just have to dream it into being. And we have to trust that God is the potter of this mess of clay that we are. So we want to open it up um, particularly to Emily and John and to Art in this moment, who we've asked to um, think about some questions. What are the new stories you are going to tell? After seeing evil in the world, whatever that evil is, how are you going to let God work through you to transform your clay into something different? Emily and John, would you like to start? Sure. I'm John. Um, thinking about, so when I read this, the thing that stuck out to me the most that has been challenging me to end those questions, Mandy, is that what's the prophetic imagination, or as he calls it, with imagine, imagine the possibility of a different world and my role in that. Um, he talked about his grandmother's growing up as a sharecropper and the landowner being kind of benevolent stood out to me because it's like, well, he's kind of benevolent in an unjust, cruel system. So is he kind of benevolent still, which then makes me look at myself and think the same thing. In what ways am mm. I, uh, what ways am I making do as someone who's part of a privileged class, as opposed to what Bishop Curry is calling making new from the perspective of a privileged class. Um, so I don't have specific answers as to what you're asking because that's a really big question, but it is digging into something in myself and I think us mm -hmm. that makes us really want to become more uh, aware of the privileges that we have, both financially, racially, gender, all of that. So, I mean, we are, we are very privileged in our, in our culture and being generous with our money and our time maybe isn't enough. Maybe that's just making do with an unjust system and maybe we should be working to have prophetic imagination and create a new type of place where it isn't like that. What does prophetic imagination look like? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I actually had the opportunity to talk to Jamar Tisby a couple weeks ago. Um, he wrote the book color of compromise. Uh, he has a new book out called uh, how to fight racism. But I asked, that's the first question I asked him and he talked about how um, for him, it's, it's a unified church where, you know, Sunday mornings aren't divided between white and black or poor and rich, which we so often are. Uh, he had an amazing line of like demographics don't determine my destiny. Um, and so for him, it's, it, it was taught, it was equity, inclusion, uh, equality are the big main three, three things that he brought up. And 
you know, again, same as Bishop Michael Curry, it's to hear someone who's been part of an oppressed culture and class within a country is very different to take those truths and then apply them to me who is not part of that. And so those, the challenges for me become, how do I translate what they've learned and what they're teaching me to something that actually matters for me? Cause he's working from the bottom up, so to speak. How do I work from the top down? Mm. Yes. Emily, do you have. I just wanted to anything? talk just to, a little bit about when he brings up when Jesus was speaking to the people during the Sermon on the Mount. And um, I feel like whenever I feel lost or I don't know what to read in the Bible, that's like the first thing I go to. I don't know about anybody else, but there's nothing for me that's more basic than reading how Jesus tells us to be in this world. And so I feel like when I was thinking about the Sermon on the Mount while he was talking about speaking to them, I was really challenged by the idea that, like I was challenged by the idea again, over and over and over, I hope it never gets old, that Jesus was presenting this complete upside down way of being in the world and how he says, this is how we change it. And it goes back to the, you know, Martin Luther King talking about nonviolent, um, what's that word? Nonviolent resistance. resistance. And he, he also, um, Bishop Michael Curry says that he was being interviewed and they were like, don't you think that like, isn't that a little bit lofty of an idea that love can change the world? And he's like, no, but I feel like I wouldn't have any idea or understanding of what that love really is. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have Jesus in the person of Jesus showing me who and who we love, you know, that's what he's saying. And it's so offensive. Like, (laughs) I don't want to love whoever I'm just being honest. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't, that's not okay. Like, you know, and so you just kind of have these thoughts of like, at least I do. (laughs) And that's what he's asking us to do. And so for me, really bringing back to that idea of this Sermon on the Mount and of thinking about the way that, um, you know, people who have done social rights activism in the nonviolent protest type of way, um, it feels so backwards to us. And that's exactly what Jesus asked us to do. Well, it's interesting, as I was listening to both of you, I was thinking about, um, for me, prophetic imagination is, you know, this deep and abiding relational presence. Um, and, and it's, it's even challenging to do that in this culture and particularly, particularly right now. Um, and I think this is why Leslie and I have been inviting people to Ebenezer Baptist church every night. Um, that's part of our, um, you know, even though we, uh, the way we do faith community is really, really different. Actually, um, it's it's beginning to be in relationship with people in a different way, and it's actually beautiful. And it was even um, more beautiful once I sort of uh, just named um, how diverse and different this is, and you know how, of course, we are these congregationalists who have to type our prayers into the comments and say them out loud, then say them out loud. It was sort of a funny little moment, but I think, you know, um, 
honoring difference is really important. And like, it's a capital and, and sort of being in a relationship with another com community is really important. So I just want to throw that out there as a practice this week, if you can jump onto that. Thank you, John and Emily, so much. So much wisdom coming out of your home. Art, we want to hear from you. Hi there, I'm Art. And um, let me reflect on this uh, in a different manner, I guess. Um, because I know everything that's mostly in our minds is what's happened, you know, a week ago. And that was on my mind too, heavily on my mind. But uh, as I was reading the book though, especially chapter three, uh, the things that struck me are things that he talked about, like making do with food. Um, it resonated with me because, you know, I love food and I, I come from a different culture and I can definitely relate to uh, the things he's talking about, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so growing up in the Philippines, I, I, uh, we, made, we made things, whatever is available. I remember making uh, toys out of a sardine can. Uh, we made our own kites, those kind of things. So I guess I'm digressing a little bit. Because no, it's the way great. It touched, the, the way it touched me was it gave me a reflection of the culture or my well-being or what I am right now based on how I was brought up making do with things that uh, were not available then. And then I, uh, I wrote down some notes because I, uh, I think what he's saying, at least to me, is that making do, there is a recipe for making do, which is really great because we all want to love unconditionally, uh, do more and all of those kind of things. But here is the recipe that, that he said so um, I note down that he um, he emphasized tradition, you know how how our tradition, our own culture, has impacted us. I do remember definitely um, the heroes in my life, my mom, um, my grandfather. I still uh, remember bits and pieces or important things that they have imparted to me. Uh, for example, my grandfather always said. Um, you need to honor your word. And in Spanish, it's palabra de honor. And that is a very big thing with, uh, with the culture, uh, to honor that, respect. Uh, my mom always uh, impressed on us the value of education. So part of that recipe is that tradition that's, uh, that I grew up in. And those are some of the things that uh, I reflect on. And then the second uh, recipe is uh, imagination, uh, the ability to hope and dream for a better future. And then he said, lastly, um, God has to be in that mix. And I cannot agree more. Um, there has to be a, an acknowledgement of a reality of a living, loving God. Because without that, I think, um, you could just be floating, doing whatever 
we think is right without the focus of a, a loving and living God. So let me bring that back to our conversation. Um, when I reflected back on, on chapter three and the elements of that, I think it brought me back to a point of how can I, because I'm struggling, how to relate to people, how to relate to friends uh, with the current uh, political climate now that we're going through. The book kind of pulled me back to our reflect on what you are or what you have learned as a person with the elements of imagination of your culture and God and start there. I don't have the answer right now. I, uh, I just like to share and focus on that foundation that I have. And I'm hoping in days to come uh, that I will be able to focus more on making a difference or relating differently. There is one verse I'd like to share, and this has helped me many, many times in many different uh, situations or difficult situations I've had. It's on Philippians 4, 8, and I'll read it. Um, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, uh, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. That verse has always been an anchor for me and it will be uh, going forward uh, again with my struggle with what's going on. And I hope uh, with our struggle going forward, we can still focus on things that are good or pure and noble and hope for that. Anyway, I digress way too much, but uh, that's how uh, the reading, uh, you know, touched me. No, I, I actually love going, in some ways, um, we are invited, and I think we forget because there's so much that we make things so complicated, but um, sort of going back to basics and back to our culture and back to food and back to table um, is a form of um, not only the beloved community that Jesus was talking about, but it is a form of nourishing our soul and of the sacrament of communion and what it means to come together and bring those um, ingredients together, break bread together and know uh, agape love in, in those traditions and in those stories. And so Art, I really appreciate what you have brought today. It's, it is deeply meaningful. So thank you. Um, I hear in both what John and Emily shared and in what Art shared, um, this real need for uh, each of us individually to be incredibly self-aware, right? Aware of who we are and where we came from and what we have to offer. Aware of, you know, there are times at which um, each of us will be 
um, the oppressed and the oppressor, the um, you know privileged and the unprivileged. I think um, Steve said something about it depends on what you do with it, and you have to. There has to be a level of awareness um, in in where you are. I think Marta and I talked about this. You know, one of the things that we've struggled with in this book is that. Um, as white folks who are reading this work of um, Bishop Curry, who is a black man, um, how do we translate? And, it, and it's not always the same. And that takes a an incredible amount of self-awareness of where I am right now in this moment in my life. So I really appreciate the way that you guys have um, brought that out in, in three very different ways, but that was kind of the thread that I heard from each, each of you. Well, I, I thank you. Um all of you for being a part of this conversation. Um, I think the process of love that Curry um, and others is suggesting um, around, you know, sort of telling our story and believing in God and then imagination and dreaming, all, all of those are really hard and Art mentioned those ingredients and we did earlier. Uh, and it really just always leads back to, um, to the prophets and the words that they put out into the world that challenged their communities. Um, but I think that those three things, tradition and belief slash God and imagination and dream dreaming can really be a compass for all of us um, because there, there is frustration and heartache and anger and rage. Um, that happens all in the midst of the joy and the happiness and the peace. Um, but just know that in all of those feelings, love um, is not absent. God is not absent. At the end of Curry's book, he gives a love in action daily planner. The planner is based on the Benedictine's monks and Benedictine monks and their practice of daily work. The idea is to grow closer to God who is love. Each week we wanted to share a category of action. Last week we um, asked you to, your category of action was the body um, to get you started in this series. Um, and this week it is engaging your mind. So we invite you to commit to a time of growth and learning and enrichment that support your life values to carve out that time um, maybe to get off social media or a screen time to eliminate those moments during your week, or you might commit to 30 minutes of bedtime reading um, and reduce that social media and TV. Perhaps it is simply meditating daily on the teachings uh, and life of Jesus or just praying. So now my friends, it was so good to be with all of you. Go now in peace. Next week, we will hear from Amelia Kemp, Leslie Sheely, and JJ Halsey on chapter five, Love's Call and Love's Calling, and chapter six, It's Not Easy. We hope you join us again. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Find us on Facebook at Black Forest Community Church, United Church of Christ. 
and message us to learn how you can be a part of this effort to tell stories, have conversations, build relationships, and follow Jesus out of the church and into the world. To support our work, search for Black Forest Community Church on Venmo to make a one-time donation or a regular commitment with as little as $1 a month. You'll get regular communications and updates about our stories. Thank you to all those people that support and listen. We could not do this without you.